<clears throat> rolling. Extra, extra. This just in. Welcome, Welcome to, to Uncover, Uncover Girl. Girl, the podcast that unpacks the most memorable celebrity profiles of all time. We're your hosts, Ivana Ryder and Beatrice Hazelhurst. Ready to unravel and review every culture-defining A-list interview. With the help of writers, industry experts, and you better believe the celebrity profile lives on. Usually we eat the rich, but not when it comes to Rihanna. From Barbados to Bel Air, we discover a 16-year-old Robin Fenty and watch her ascent to billionaire status. As for her elusive ninth album, you're going to have to stay tuned. Maybe you've already read it, but you heard it here first. Oh, it's going to be a fun one today. I'm excited. I mean, this is one of the most famous people in the world. Oh, yeah. One of the most beloved people in the world, I would say. Oh, yeah. I think this has got to be the least divisive celebrity we have ever done. Yeah, I think you're right. There's like really no one that would come out of the woodwork and be like, I don't support (laughs) Miss Rihanna. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Robin Fenty. Yes. Yeah. No, I... Why do you think that is? I think... And we'll get into it. The profile really, I think, tries to... Nail it down. Nail down her magic. But I think it has to do with her unfilteredness, her ability to just to be real and be funny and be messy and misspell things. and Yeah, like a vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a joy. I, I think actually a big part of her magic is the joy that we see. She just seems like she's having the best time in life and wearing whatever the fuck she wants. Just truly like exuberant. It calls back to me like the the Beauty Secrets videos mm-hmm. that, I mean, most young female celebrities do. And we, I mean, we can't, you know, persecute them for this, but they're always the, the quirkiest, the happiest. And it just comes across so calculated, whether it is or not. Yeah, big like, uh, guys, I'm actually a huge nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very Magic Pixie Dream Girl, sometimes a little bit pick me. And Rihanna never gives that. Like she no. truly serves girls girl always but also she's so hot to guys and no one begrudges her for it she's no. unashamedly sexy and so in control yes and she just oozes glamour Ch- totally in every way and i think in that way everyone admires her and i think that's why she's so beloved i think I that's why we have no choice can you compare her to anybody any mm. celebrity of of eras past I'm really, that's actually, that's such a great question. I don't, um, maybe like a Diana Ross? Yeah, an Eartha Kitt. Yeah, Eartha Kitt. There's like a humor there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, she is so modern. She's I think a modern so too. Woman. Oh, and before we get into Rihanna's magic, what's inspiring <laughs> you this week? Oh, well, my book club has begun. Uh, a friend asked me to join. We kind of started one. There's three of us and one is extremely reluctant. It's so obvious. She's like, I hate reading. She's also a writer. She's like, I hate reading. I'm really bad at reading. I, I don't want to do it. And we're just like, you could say no, but she won't. So she's here. But I started the book and it's very, it's a bit of fun. I couldn't, I, I, I can't help but doing this these days. I looked up the author online and she is her protagonist to an absolute T. I mean, one of her main character's defining features is that she has this long sheet of golden hair and her love interest is like, oh my God, she's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen with this hair that I've never, I've never seen anything like it. And the author also has 
waist length blonde hair. And then her main character gets married at City Hall. This woman also got married at City Hall to an older man. The main character is with an older man. Like it's it's all very mm, auto fiction. Yes, very <laughs> auto fiction. I don't know, but it's inspiring me because I think, hey, if you can just pull from every facet of your life to create, you know, a a really readable piece of work, then more power to you. I used to think that books were perfect. Like you could only publish a book if it was like a piece of absolute perfection. There was like not a flaw. Everything was beautifully timed. The resolution came exactly when it should. And now I realize that some books absolutely rush the ending or flub the beginning or like the middle gets like weird and waffly. Well, we've been talking about that with movies of 2022 and just how many big misses there were but big big budget misses like almost a hundred million dollar budgets that just flopped flopped and were boring and were boring yeah babylon don't worry darling um amsterdam amsterdam with these you know huge names big bankable stars like good is so hard to define these days but you just know it when you see it or when you read it Mm -hmm. i mean this book is i don't know i don't know yet Mm-hmm. But it's inspiring me to be reading again. No, there's nothing like a book club. Okay, what's inspiring me is that I was just invited very last minute to this black tie affair at Delilah, which is what? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just cackling at Del- I have you having to explain Delilah. Delilah, yeah. How does one explain Delilah? It's um Drake's favorite spot in the West Hollywoodish area and yes. it's sort of like old world 20s jazz club uh patent leather velvet a drink. yes yeah we it, went there once together and i think i got a beer you had a beer and i'm i'm pretty sure you paid 22 dollars <laughs> yeah i'm sure i did for like a for a literal corona yes. like a coors light um <laughs> So worth it for the ambiance. And I'm now just like digging through all my black tie attire to see what I'll wear. I have like a sparkly blue glitter pantsuit. I don't know how. Okay. Where are you at with the jumpsuit? Whether or not it's black tie and to how you feel about jumpsuits in general. Because I don't know. Love. Love? Love a jumpsuit. My mother has a weird thing with me in jumpsuits where she like is like, do you understand that you were born to wear a jumpsuit? Like, you have to buy them. You have to wear them. Like, oh, she's obsessed she's with them. She's obsessed oh, with I them. Oh, I thought you were going to go the other On way. On me specifically, is like, you need more jumpsuits. Like, can I get you some jumpsuits this year for your birthday? Like, it's like a weird thing. And I, I never experienced anything like it. Jumpsuits she's not- are so hard, though. They're the least practical piece of attire. Yeah, you're completely nude. You're completely, you strip down completely nude to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I just feel like they can be kind of... um they can fit weird. Like they just, they're just like, there's a lot of room for error in oh, a jumpsuit. And this one, I just tried it on actually moments before I arrived here. And if it's pretty well, I love to see a gown though. I can't I help it. I love a gown. I was going to ask you because you have so many beautiful gowns to borrow, something? to borrow, to see yeah. if there was just anything in your collection of gowns. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I started collecting gowns. It's like a it was a dark rabbit hole. There. No, but you have them. You're ready for like eight weddings at the drop. Of, like if you had eight weddings starting tomorrow, you would you could attend every single one in a different dress, no matter the level of formality, and you would like absolutely rise to the top. My now instinct is like you can never be overdressed. There's always an instance that could turn into a gown situation. 
I mean, Rihanna. I, Rihanna I, never I was gonna fails say, what being a overdressed. Gorgeous segue. Because, yeah, I would say of all the celebrities I know, no one is going to show up to a grocery store looking better than Rihanna will. She shows up and shows out every damn time. Every time. Which is why she's on the cover of Vogue. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this week's profile is a Vogue cover. 2019 is the year. It's written by Abby Aguirre, who is a frequent Vogue writer. She's written a variety of absolutely fabulous profiles, cover story on Adele, cover story on Simone Biles, on Priyanka Chopra. So huge Vogue writer and known for her profiles and her cover stories in Vogue, W, The Atlantic, uh, the LA Times. Um, yeah. And since she's like, her writing has gone on to appear in huge places, the New Yorker, New York Times, LA Times, all the big ones you can imagine, the nation, the Atlantic. And I'm going to, I'm going to open right away and address the elephant in the room, which is that when this story initially came out, it caused quite a stir and we'll, I'll go into it more later. The controversy was that this Vogue writer, admits in the profile that she had arrived to interview Rihanna at Hotel Bel Air without questions prepared. Uh, The interview had been sort of dropped into her lap very last minute. She had been on her way, I believe, to Trader Joe's in sweatpants when they were like, can you show up right now? That's not in the profile, but just the fact that she arrived without questions is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no. The Trader Joe's, that was not explained. That was explained later. But Basically, it was that what is in the profile is that it was very last minute and she had to show up without questions. And she admits to Rihanna that she is, quote unquote, winging it. I also show up without questions. It doesn't. I don't think it denotes like I think this is where the the oversight is from critics. I don't think a lack of questions signals like a lack of preparedness. You really leave yourself open for dialogue and repartee when you have no questions. Otherwise, you're literally sitting there tapping your fingers on your thigh thinking, okay, when are they going to give Stop me an talking. opening yeah. so I can ask my next question that is beautifully prepared, perfectly crafted, my little artisanal question that I've had stored and locked and ready to go. I didn't read this when this came out and think, oh my God, how dare you? Which is why I wanted to open with this. I feel like that it's the strangest controversy for me around this profile because I agree. I think that when you come in and just generally have a deep knowledge of this person and have done research prior, you don't need a typed out list of questions and it really does inhibit you in the end. So I think I totally agree with you in that some of my best interviews have been the ones where, not that I'm winging it, but it's that I've done all the prep beforehand and I show up and I know what I want to ask. I know what I want to say. I know what I'm curious about. And then I let the conversation move organically rather than trying to stick to the like very rigid plan I made when I was first outlining the questions I want to ask. The problem is she doesn't present it like that. No, yeah. But she does say, quote, I'm winging it, so you have to help me, I say nervously. Rihanna flashes a grin that is somehow both reassuring and mischievous. Aren't we all, she says. And I'll get into kind of what happened after the controversy boiled because Rihanna did respond um, in a really sweet and tender way. I don't know if you saw Rihanna's response, but I'm may we all... May we all be protected like that by the celebrities that we interview. So yeah, the profile opens on 
this Vogue writer showing up to meet Rihanna at the Hotel Bel Air, which is a very historic site. Marilyn Monroe loved to swim in the pool. It's a big LA scene and goes to a cabana and Rihanna walks in and immediately it's clear that Rihanna makes an incredible first impression. Quote, she sweeps in quietly, enveloping the area and probably the swans outside in an invisible cloud of her famous scent. An intoxicating olfactory assault that, in the words of Little Nas X, literally smells like heaven. The internet has decided it's Killian fragrance called Love, Don't Be Shy, which contains notes of neroli, orange blossom, and marshmallow. We order champagne. It's been documented, like, a, a bunch of yes. people said it. Yeah. Yes, the smell. The, the smell. Just, like, that you can, like, smell Rihanna before you see her, which I think is incredible, and I need notes because I've tried so many different perfumes and I can never figure out a way to make it stick or make it like a signature scent in any way. And it's clear that her presence is somehow both awe-inspiring while totally like normal. Down to earth. Yeah, down to earth. Because she follows that up by saying, I know from experience that a regular person can effectively black out in Rihanna's presence. So insanely disarming is her charisma. Even Seth Meyers runs this risk, and he's quoted as saying, the two days I wish I could remember everything are my wedding day and the day I spent drinking with Rihanna. Did you did you call out the waiting for Rihanna part? Waiting. So it's, it's funny that she doesn't hyperlink that, but she there was a really famous profile from, I think, The Fader. I don't remember what year it was. Do you know? Oh, no. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what year it is. But it's super similar to, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, the profile we covered with him and Nancy Jo Sales, where the profiles are complete right around because the journalist spends the entire, I think it's, like, weeks on end waiting for Rihanna. And the, the kickoff point for this piece is that the Rihanna has rescheduled their interview multiple times and pushed it forward. Hence why she has kind of nothing ready at the go and has to drop everything to be there. But yeah, when she says waiting for Rihanna is practically a journalistic genre all its own. Wow. Great catch. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I just remember it was a brilliant piece of writing that mm-hmm. he never gets the interview with Rihanna. Oh, okay. that's the whole thing. Very right. much like Leo DiCaprio. Season two. <laughs> Season two. Um, and let me set the scene a little bit now that we have a sense of just what Rihanna brings into a room or a cabana in this case. So in 2019 alone, I'm going to list out some of the things that Rihanna was up to because it will make you sick. <laughs> you know, when they say you have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce, which is, I mean, flawed in like a hundred thousand different ways. Yeah. But for some reason with Rihanna, all it, it does, different. it hits different. All it does is motivate me and make me feel like, yeah, absolutely. You should be starting nine businesses. Um, okay. So 2019 alone, she stars in Donald Glover's Guava Island. Oh my God. I know. Do you remember that? Yeah. Which she was great. I never saw it. It was cute. Good? Yeah, okay, very cute. cute. She trademarked the name Fenty Skin, which mm. gave fans an indication that she'd be moving into skincare, which she did. She started Fenty Maison, a luxury fashion house with LVMH, and became the first black woman to lead a major luxury fashion house. And LVMH owns Tiffany & Co., Louis Vuitton, Fendi, Dior... Mark Jacobs, Givenchy. I know. So it's it's absolutely historic that she joins this upper echelon of designers to make Fenty Maison. Um, she also raises $5 million for her nonprofit. She puts on an 
absolutely insane Savage X Fenty show in Brooklyn, which upped the stakes for everyone on what like a fashion show could look like. Um, and Savage is her sort of intimates line where she makes bras, panties, lingerie, and they're all fabulous. I'm actually wearing one right now. Are you? I am. I'm like I'm repping. I'm you repping wear. the girls. And then she also designs and releases her own photo book. An absolutely insane year. And this is off of a sprint, I would say. 2017 is when Fenty Beauty happens. 2018 is when Savage X Fenty happens. And then 2019, she is just one of the richest women alive. And everyone is obsessed with Fenty. And then Fenty Maison, the fashion brand, opened to huge like pandemonium. Everyone was obsessed. The clothing was all different. Uh, they talk about it in this profile, which I'll get into later. Um, but yeah, she's at the absolute top of her game in 2019. Nuts. I mean, I saw her, I've seen her in person once. I was at the Savage X Fenty launch. Her beauty is so specific because it's, it doesn't feel unattainable in a weird way. Like she doesn't present like deity like you just really ah, she's just she's so likable like just the way she carried herself and was so alive and so alight and joyous like to use your word I mean she's she's truly one of a kind and yeah I, I I love her and I also love that she's actually not the best at everything but she's good at everything do you know what I mean yeah like she's not she's not the the best performer of all time, the best singer of all time, the best dancer of all time. But she is just such an incredible entertainer. It's like, I I just love that. Like, I just love it. Yeah. I, she's, she's amazing. I've been to Barbados. There's a poster of her in the, in the airport. Oh my God. I met her brother in Barbados. <laughs> really <gasps> funny. Yeah. Oh my God. How was he? Um, he looks like her, but not as hot. Um, he was. He was Did you really nice. address the elephant in the room that he was Rihanna's brother? No, the, a friend and I were on like a girls' vacay in Barbados, and these guys started talking to us. And then one of them was like, "You know, that's Rihanna's brother," and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like I looked him up, and he was, and yeah, he was really nice. He was quiet, but nice. And her upbringing in Barbados was by no means easy. Rewinding a bit to 1988 when Rihanna was born, she has spoken about growing up in a troubled home that was sort of riddled with alcoholism and addiction and abuse. And she was also bullied in school for being so light-skinned. She just had a very, very tough beginning, chronic headaches because of the like stress of home and when her parents finally divorced. So there was so much relief yeah. um, that the headache stopped. She started leaning into performing, singing. That's like always been a big part of her life. Um, and there is a lot of talk that this new album that we are still waiting for, that it's going to have a lot of reggae influences that go back to her roots. But yeah, as, as far as her ascent to stardom, she won a beauty pageant at 15 and then at 16 caught the eye of a vacationing American record producer, Evan Rogers. And then he was like, this is the next big thing. And then within months, Rihanna left Barbados and moved into Rogers' home in Connecticut with him and his wife. And they recorded a demo version of Pondery Play, the absolutely iconic track. 
um, and then sent the demo to a newly appointed Def Jam president, Jay-Z, <laughs> and he signed her on the spot. Jay-Z told Rolling Stone, I signed her in one day. It took two minutes to see she was a star. Didn't he say, okay, this could be complete hearsay in a rumor, <laughs> but didn't he say you have two options in leaving this room, either out the window or signing this contract? Oh my God. No, I had not heard that, I, but I we should that look that up. Thing. I know we need to. That's crazy. And I think that's honestly what's missing from this profile is like, I wish. I know. She's so, she's raised to like this impossible platform what this story does is just kind of puts her there and then worships at her altar, but there's no humanity. There's no sense of like, you know, and I guess uh, to play devil's advocate, Abby's probably like, well, you know, we know everything there is to know about her. But even as you're talking now, I didn't know that she came from like a troubled home whatsoever. I had no idea. There's just so much there. And I, she was so young. I mean, at the time of this profile in 2019, she's 31. Yeah. Which feels incredibly young for everything she's accomplished, which is like a slew of Grammy nominations, number one albums, a number of brands that are all doing incredibly well. Eight albums. Yeah. 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 And like Pond de Replay went absolutely hog wild. I remember going to Serbia, where my family is from, and my cousins showing me that song like five years after it came out. And they were like, oh my God, like Rihanna, do you know about Rihanna? And I was like, yes, I know about Rihanna. I'm so grateful that we lived through that as children. Her as a celebrity. Yeah. Like we are so lucky. I know. To have seen her to rise. To have seen her rise. Yeah. To have seen Shut her. Up and Drive. Oh my God. Don't Stop the Music. Shut Up and Drive was big for me. <laughs> That one I would like listen to and like do push ups in my room in like the fifth grade. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but just she, prison body. No prison body. <laughs> yeah, she really held me um, all through my childhood. So Abby goes into all of her insane accomplishments. And this profile is very much pegged to Fenty the brand, which unfortunately does not exist at this time. Um, during the pandemic in 2021, it shuttered just because, I mean, obviously it wasn't a great time to sell luxury clothes at all, but definitely not as a new brand. And basically both Rihanna and LVMH parted ways very peacefully, it seems. They made a mutual decision to stop. It really the line. faded into nothing nothing it was and it was only two years old yes yeah that's crazy i know i know but i remember when the first collection came out and i think the buzz around town was that it didn't really live up to the hype we were expecting like huge huge things and Mm -hmm. it was kind of elevated basics at a really high price tag and up until this point well her personal style was so flamboyant but she was also super inclusive price-wise so her pivot to like a luxury market but then having these clothes that felt very, I don't want to say run of the mill, but, but kind of ordinary, it seemed incongruent. Do you, does that make sense? No, it does. It does. And I, and it seems in this profile, they get into how complicated it was to try to distill Rihanna's style to just one thing and how the brand really struggled in the beginning to try to define what it was, what it was and what Rihanna's style would be. And something that she says about it is that the fashion, as she puts it, has to be honest. She says, I'm not the face of the brand, but I am the muse and my DNA has to run all the way through it. She says, I don't want anyone to pull up to my website and think Rihanna would never wear that. So, I think that was the first mistake. Like she should have been the face. I don't know why. 
I mean, I guess it's like that's the difference between like a Skims, you know, where Kim is like she the, is the face, face yeah. the face in every way. And maybe she didn't want that and felt like that was like. Well, you, I think you need to put and I know that Skims like wants to move away from Kim eventually, mm-hmm. but like you need to put in the legwork first. Like we're investing in the Rihanna brand right mm-hmm. now. We're buying it because of Rihanna. We're not buying it because it's like some upstart LBMH name it's true it's true and i think that yeah i I guess that is really complicated and like not wanting it to make it seem like hi i'm this is my celebrity brand Mm -hmm. this instead wanting it to feel like hi this is a luxury fashion brand i feel like also it would have been incredible to see rihanna in all of it speaking of seeing rihanna i don't see her a lot in we also need to address the fact that we're pronouncing her name wrong and we're just willingly doing oh my god rihanna it's rihanna but there's not a lot of her in this profile do you feel i actually no i think i disagree i think that there i i really do see what you're saying because i do feel like there's a lot of like paraphrasing of rihanna that's exactly what i'm saying rihanna does not buy winter coats in august mm-hmm. and it's like okay like that could have been rihanna saying i want to buy a fucking winter coat in august do you know what i mean no yeah <laughs> i do know what you mean and sort of the the summarizing a lot of her comments um when the fans commenting on fenty things and asking about the new album and where it is and rihanna saying funny funny things really actually my hat's off to rihanna because like replying in the comments yeah replying in the comments i do feel like where the quotes really shine are when they get into politics a little bit more and Mm. rihanna's identity as an immigrant where it kind of begins is that the writer asks rihanna outright can we discuss politics and rihanna is sort of like how deep do you want to get and they talk about right at the gate the super bowl halftime show which she turned down in solidarity with colin kaepernick which i i didn't know i did know i did know that and then here we are super bowl week i know who's the halftime show performer rihanna herself rihanna herself and colin kaepernick has not played in the nfl because he hasn't been able to secure a contract since 2016 or 2017 um as a result of his protests that fucking sucks i know it is awful at that moment when she turned down the show i think that was like a big rihanna sticking her flag in the ground yeah flag in the ground so in reference to the super bowl halftime show she says of the nfl asking her to do it i couldn't dare do that i just couldn't be a sellout i couldn't be an enabler There's things within that organization I do not agree with at all. And I was not about to go and be of service to them in any way. Which I think is honestly very interesting that they asked her back and were down with this like protest of them being something that happened very publicly. Also because Super Bowl performers don't get paid. They do it all on their own dime, like for exposure. Which makes me think putting on a massive extravaganza where you have to rehearse every single day, but you don't have to go on tour... I think it's a big part of it. It's like staying relevant. It's staying at the forefront of the cultural consciousness. There's something about the Super Bowl in particular where you come out, you emerge your best self. And the fact that she hasn't been in the public eye officially that much for so long. I mean, the last time she kind of had a staged paparazzi shoot, as far as we know, like scale was her pregnancy announcement where she had the, like her full belly out in the snow I think it's a, it's like a, look, I had a baby and I'm better than ever, but I had a baby and I still put on a fucking hell of a show and look this good and perform to this well. That wouldn't surprise me. I think it's a vanity project. Relevance 100%. Like, I think it's a huge, you have, it's a massive crowd 
Because why now? Why just after giving birth to her son? Literally six months after. Oh yeah, wow, six months, that's quick. But I think also, I mean, the album is coming. They're saying winter of 2023 with a possible tour in 2024. Okay, so it's all, it's just a press tour. I think, that's my guess, that'd be my theory, is that this is the greatest indication we have that the album is in fact coming this year. And there's a reason that Rihanna wants to step back out in the public way. And It's yeah. the biggest gig you could book. Yeah, I think artist. it is. Yeah, It totally is. So yeah, when she talks about her politics... The Super Bowl is sort of mentioned very directly, but she also gets into sort of what is happening in America across the board. We're a couple of years into the Trump presidency. And Rihanna, I found out really through this profile that she spends most of the year in London. Which Yeah, I knew that. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. But it was I- also because of the guy she was dating at the time. Right. Who is like a Saudi billionaire. Yeah. And she has houses in like London, Paris, L.A., and she flies between them all. She also talks openly about mass shootings, um, which at this point, there was just one in El Paso and another in Dayton. And she calls out Trump online when he tried to pin this problem on mental health mm-hmm. rather than the fact that military-grade assault rifles are available <laughs> readily to anyone who wants to buy them. She says, it's devastating. People are being murdered by war weapons that they legally purchase. That is just not normal. That should never, ever be normal. And the fact that it is classified as something different because of the color of their skin, it's a slap in the face. It's completely racist. Uh, she goes on to say, put an Arab man with the same weapon in that same Walmart, and there is no way Trump would sit there and address it publicly as a mental health problem. The so most, true. Yeah. The most mentally ill human being in America right now seems to be the president, which honestly is very bold. There were so many stars that waffled. They waffle on mass shootings. They waffle on the presidency. Mm. They waffle on politics in general, where they send a lot of thoughts and prayers. And my thoughts are with looking the for a workaround. Yeah, yeah, a workaround and something that doesn't force them to address the problem because they will lose fans and followers, if they do address it really directly as a huge issue that is rooted in white supremacy. And she has no problem sort of calling out the fact that it's racist. This would never happen if it wasn't a white man. And the writer asks Rihanna if she has anything to say to young immigrants living through this time. And she says, what do you say? What can you say? It's going to get better. I almost feel sick to my stomach. I don't even believe this is happening in real life in front of my eyes, in front of the world. It's not even hidden. The worst part of it all, you know what? I have to show you this. And then shows the writer this CNN clip about people coming in from Europe, immigrants or whatever it is. And she makes like a very clear stand that what does America stand for? We're all a bunch of immigrants. Mm-hmm. And... She also calls out America for the genocide of the like native indigenous peoples. She says, not only were you, were you immigrants, you were the worst kind. You came in and murdered the real Americans. And I just feel like she must have been like truly candid with this writer on the state of politics today and bearing her soul into how deeply personal this is as an immigrant, as a black woman, as someone that has a lot of power in the world but clearly deeply cares and... Yeah, it's funny. I feel like this doesn't feel like, in today's context, even remotely controversial. This feels so par for the course. But then if you take it back three years ago with someone of Rihanna's stature, like maybe this was like a really shocking place to stand. I mean, I think 
The most surprising of all of this was just the NFL. There aren't many celebrities that would kind of put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. and and pull out of something like that or seven negotiations or a relationship with that powerful of an institution. I, I don't know. I think it's because, again, I think it's because I'm looking at this post-pandemic and mm-hmm. how <laughs> outspoken celebrities have been since. Jennifer Lawrence's recent Vogue cover and how, you know, she literally said, if you're not political, I don't want anything to do with you. Like these kind of statements are now totally ubiquitous in the pop cultural landscape that I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know oh, what I mean? No, totally. And I think also looking at it post-2020 specifically, when Black Lives Matter protests were totally. spanning across the I'm, country. That's and another thing. It, I think it re- that was really a moment where it's like, if you do not say something now, if you're a person that holds power and privilege, you are on the wrong side of history and we will remember. And every company, every celebrity, every everyone that exists in the public eye, all the CEOs, yeah. the mass they firings felt an that followed. Yeah, they yeah. felt an immense amount of pressure. And I think... I think that we really are still in some ways reverberating back from that moment. And I think before it was the select few that like took on Donald Trump on Twitter. I think where my surprise is is in the fact that this is a Vogue profile and a Vogue cover. They're really letting Rihanna speak freely here and not making it. This is the one point where she does. Like this is literally the one point. I mean, no one's. Motives are pure. This is the clickbait pullout moment that is going to be aggregated by every other publication on the planet. Rihanna said X, Y, Z. And that's why it was in the headline, for sure, of for- like giving her thoughts on Donald Trump. When like, relatively, they talk much more about the her fashion. I mean, the whole thing do. is yeah. about clothes. Yeah, yeah. And that's, what I, and that's what I felt was missing because we've read other Vogue profiles and they of course mention their you know stylistic prowess but there's also so much about their background and how they made it here and and what they bring to the table and there is that but it's just this there's so much not about Rihanna but about people's response to Rihanna and I think that's what I'm missing like I'm not getting to know the woman herself, as much as I'm learning how everybody feels about her, which is like we said, it's completely, everyone's in complete agreement that they are obsessed. She smells great. She's funny online. Her style is impeccable. Her style is impeccable. Right side of history. Mary J. Blige is like, she's power. She's synonymous with power. I know. We're worshiping at her altar, which is great. But I love, for someone that is so openly human, so unflinchingly vulnerable in every setting that she's in, to not capitalize on that in this profile it feels like a like a misstep or just like an oversight. But that's not to say, I mean, we do get into her love life a little bit. It is funny. I, I think the, the writer sort of elegantly bridges between the politics and then the personal. Mm-hmm. And the lingering question is like, what, if anything, makes Rihanna hopeful? Then from there goes straight into a rumored boyfriend um, the Saudi businessman, Hassan Jamil. She sort of like gets into a little bit. She wants kids. We know now in 2022 that she had a baby. Yeah, it would be incredible to get into, I mean, her thoughts on motherhood before being a mother. Has she ever come close? Nothing of what she said politically is necessarily personal outside of perhaps her relationship with immigration and how yeah. that's affected her. But what I think really grabs you is when... 
someone makes their personal experiences political. Yes, totally. And I think that's kind of what's missing. Like I wish she'd been like, yeah, I'm with, you know, a man. And it's interesting. She said, you put an Arab man behind that gun. She didn't say a black man. Mm -hmm. She didn't say, you know, a Latinx man. She's dating an Arab man. And so that is, that's an opening, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there are many other moments like that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, she'd come close to conception before or her experiences early on with with racism or being a woman or her body changing i mean that's a that's that's a big moment her body has changed at this time she's no longer like the 17 year old stick thin type of girl that's an opportunity and i feel like it must be fucking scary to sit with her and broach these topics but god i think that would really shake the zeitgeist to hear rihanna say my body's changed and i am absolutely fine with it or it's actually been really confronting but you know here I am and I'm embracing it yeah that's powerful stuff I think also that's what's missing a little bit from describing her clothing line and totally the kind of who is she designing for outside of just it wanting to be inspired with with her as the muse or the center of it I just think I I would have loved to go further behind the scenes, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Where it's like, okay, imagine you're in a room with Rihanna discussing clothing and the kind of clothing you want to put out, the kind of messages, messaging, like all of that. It would be fascinating. And I wish I had, and maybe I, what I wish I had was anecdotes of like, this is what it was like to work with Rihanna. And I feel like we get a taste of that from Mary J. Blige. We get a taste of that from a few people but it it is it's just she's amazing and i just want more to it than that yeah it's exactly what you said it's color you know Mm -hmm. and i mean this brings me i think to what i consider to be the most like problematic sentence of the whole thing if i was a critic this is what i would have pulled out not the fact that she wasn't prepared the writer says with savage x fenty Rihanna hasn't just proclaimed 42H bras and 3X undies sexy. Like, Mm, what about it? Only now, after Rihanna's say-so, can we consider a woman who wears 42H bras sexy or a woman who wears 3X underwear sexy? I just think it's, like, it's such a dangerous sentence. Mm -hmm. Dangerous, like, in that that's not true because those women have always been sexy, women were always wearing lingerie no matter their size and while i totally understand the sentiment which is like this is inclusivity on a level we haven't seen before and it's making inclusivity the norm i really struggled with that okay wait also to clarify you're not saying dangerous like in the weight perspective no 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 no, no, no. okay i think that we should say that again without saying dangerous because the way that it came across was that it's like saying that these big sizes are hot is a dangerous thing to say. No, 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 no. Okay, the complete great. opposite. I oh my god, like okay. Dangerous to threatening to like body positivity everywhere. It was sounding like the issues that the that they're big sizes and that's And dangerous. it's encouraging yeah. obesity yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. yeah. Which I no. know that's not what you meant. No, I, I meant to, yeah. I meant dangerous in the sense of saying that only now with Rihanna's permission can a 42H bra be considered sexy. Like, I don't think that line should have been written. A sharp, eagle-eyed editor should definitely have cut that. Or rephrased it in the sense of, like, Rihanna is recognizing that women who wear 40H bras deserve something other than these 
fabric buckets that have been designed for them. Yeah, that have been designed for them for so long. And that would have been like a like a really powerful takeaway but yeah it's the fact that Vogue is like okay if Rihanna says it it's gotta be true (laughs) you know yeah no I know what you're saying that makes a lot of sense it hasn't always been covered in quite the right way I feel like her her dedication to inclusivity is so active there is no showiness about it it's just like she decided to do this and then has fully followed through without asking permission or she's completely okay just with the action. It wasn't even a question. What she envisioned was something for everyone. And I completely understand because like the diversity of women that must be surrounding her, I mean, she would be doing a disservice to them if she didn't include 50 shades or whatever it may be. Yeah, which that like truth, that's something Mary J. Blige says. Her quote is, Rihanna is the truth, real and true to the game. Yeah, she is the truth. And she goes on to say that a lot of people have it, but a lot of people don't have it. Rihanna has it. A hundred percent. That's the best descriptor in this profile of Rihanna. I know. No, she, she has. She gives that it. that color, that magic. What comes right before that, that it is that she tells the writer that Rihanna has a rare and special combination of courage, humility, and heart. That emanates from her. It's interesting that this profile takes place also across multiple cities, right? It ends up in New York Mm -hmm. from LA. Yeah. Oh, and a bit that I have to call out because I thought it was the sweetest thing in the world. Again, speaking of that it that Rihanna has. Is this the bug in her wine glass? No. No, but that was so cute. There was like a bug in her champagne glass and she just like fished it out. And the yeah. was like, Is that, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not like fussy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Cute. But this actually comes from that photo book that she created this year. And it is a little takeaway from her childhood report card. Oh, I hated this. You hated this? Yes. Oh my God, I thought it was so sweet. It because made me it wanna... was the shittiest fucking report. <laughs> it was such a... Wait, was... how? Okay, I'm going to read it and then yes. everyone can weigh in is sure of herself and displays a positive attitude, is friendly and takes the leading role in group activities, is very alert and observant of her environment, expresses her ideas clearly and intelligently, is very relaxed in acting out her ideas, movement is well-coordinated, enjoys rhythms and singing, is beginning to show shape and form in her drawing. Did you just read that out and realize what I... (laughs) my take? No! It's so... It's so nondescript. It's It could be applied to any kid. I don't think it's like remotely special. It's beginning to show shape and form in her drawing. It's friendly <laughs> and takes a leading role in group activities. It's like, I, I just wouldn't include that. I don't know. I guess I know a lot of shy kids. But like this okay. would never be written about a shy kid or a kid that's unsure of themselves or a kid that's like... Because if I got this in my report card, I'd be like, I guess she doesn't think I'm very special. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. I think that, I mean, okay, the part that I thought that I really take away is is very relaxed in acting out her ideas, which is, if that's not a little summary of everything Rihanna has done in the last decade, that's is true. like completely relaxed acting out multi-million dollar ventures in a variety of different, whether it's fashion, whether it's skincare, whether it's makeup, whether it's lingerie, just chill through all of it. I just think if I had Rihanna as a pupil, it would be, this is a special individual she is going all the way to the top you watch this space like i would that's what i would expect of her report card i think it's there's something about it that's kind of it's comically 
ordinary you know that's why i thought it is comically ordinary and in that way it feels real like in the way that i love to imagine and see celebrities high school photos and those things of seeing who they were before it all happened for them and for rihanna it was so young when it all happened for her we can't really romanticize her at you know 10 because she got famous at 16 Except for we can with this report card because I thought it was sweet. (laughs) And of course, last but not least, they talk about her music, which we are still waiting for. Had Fenty not gone under and there'd been so much talk about Fenty within this profile, Fenty Maison, this literally could have been written two weeks ago. Yeah, because it is like all the profiles on Rihanna or all the writing on Rihanna right now. Is where's the music? The album's coming. The forthcoming album, the long-awaited album is on its way. Like all the writing that has come since, there are no definitive answers on when the album is coming or what's going on with Rihanna. And it's clear that everyone in the world wants Rihanna to come back to music desperately. And she says in this profile, I've been trying to get back into the studio, she says, sounding as close to sheepish as Rihanna is capable of sounding. It's not like I can lock myself in for an extended amount of time like I just had the luxury of doing before. I know I have some very unhappy fans who don't understand the inside bits of how it works. And I respect this absolutely deeply for her to just be like, I'm not going to force this. There's no rush. I'm not just going to put myself in a room and force myself to make something that I'm not proud of. Yeah, she doesn't feel much pressure or she doesn't seem to. And I think relaxed in all of her. Very (laughs) relaxed. Yeah. The writer does confirm that R9 going to have some reggae influences. Rihanna says, I like to look at it as reggae inspired or reggae infused. It's not going to be typical of what you know as reggae, but you're going to feel the elements in all the tracks. Okay, stay tuned. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Truly. Wait, can I ask a question? Yes. So just to pivot back to what we were saying about how we leave the hotel in Bel Air in LA and we move to New York for her her annual fundraiser, which is the Diamond Ball. I found this really interesting. I couldn't really understand why the writer went into such depth with the menu. The writer talks in this moment to, is it the Prime Minister of Barbados? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Cardi B is there. She's clearly in the orbit of some pretty, like, high-profile people. And she told, she said there is a beef filet and potato dauphinoise. I don't know. Then um, <laughs> chocolate cake with Chantilly cream. I was like, why? Why are we... Why? Like, it was just... It felt almost... It is like party jarring. reporting. It's like party reporting. Yes, I don't very. know if you... I sometimes read the Vogue, like, specifically the party things, and that's, like, a sentence that's always present, where it's, like, the past apps included a yeah, delightful... Yeah, like it's like a wedding <laughs> Yeah, it's a wedding. Yeah it's a, yeah, it's a Vogue wedding moment. Yeah, I don't know. I just found that kind of... Weird. And I was waiting for it to tie into something uh, profound. Like there was a sh- chocolate cake with Chantilly cream because when she was a child in Barbados, Chantilly cream was her ultimate decadent indulgence. Something like that. I really thought it was going to come back around. And I was like, oh, no, it's just it's just the, the menu. menu. Yeah, it's just the menu. <laughs> yeah, I know. It does That's feel so like funny. a fabulous party. I, I mean, this is where Cardi B drops... on the book, the photography book. (laughs) She says, first of all, the money's going to charity. Second, I know my business. I know the worth of the book. 
I know, I love her. I know. God. And then, yeah, the she talks about the Prime Minister of Barbados being there and how not only is she the first woman to ever be the Prime Minister, but she's also the first Prime Minister to attend 2 Chain's birthday party, um, <laughs> which she was going to later that evening. It's sweet that she calls Rihanna a young lady. <laughs> she says, I want to thank this young lady. It's, yeah, it's really cute. I, 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 I love that her boyfriend at the time is also there yes and is mentioned in the same breath as her current man who was also there asap rocky is apparently dancing in the scrum uh on the dance floor with megan the stallion with megan the stallion (laughs) and little did we know within three years rihanna's relationship with hassan jamil would be over and she would have a baby with asap rocky love it's like what a little tasty Morsel. Oh, foreshadowing for sure. Yeah. We've reached the end of it. There's nothing much more to the profile. We leave off at Cipriani in New York City. And that's it. Rihanna heads into the night with her entourage. And we wave goodbye, never to be seen again for the next post-pandemic years when she graces the Super Bowl stage this week. Mm -hmm. But we need to get into the aftermath. Yes. So the controversy that we laid out for you at the beginning broke and a bunch of people online were criticizing the writer, talking about how dare someone show up to interview Rihanna ill-prepared. But when So many media people too. Yes. So many black women at the forefront of media. Yeah. Furious. So the controversy that we laid out for you at the beginning, a bunch of people online were criticizing the writer, talking about how dare someone show up to interview Rihanna ill-prepared. But when... So many media people too. Yeah. So many black women at the forefront of media. Yeah. Furious. Yeah. A big writer at Vulture said... If you hear something that's me and Leonardo DiCaprio both screaming about normally I bring a list of questions, but I didn't have time to prepare one. I didn't get the Leo DiCaprio reference, but someone else added privileges being able to show up to an interview with one of the world's biggest stars with no questions written, admit it to said star, write it in the story, and then the editor letting the line go to print because no one is concerned it will make anyone question your ability to do your job, which I not know. Like I totally see where they're coming from. And then someone else added Savage Fenty just closed the casket on Victoria's Secret and Fenty Beauty sent every makeup slash beauty brand scrambling. Was it arrogance or stupidity that allowed this person to think they could wing an interview with her? The disrespect is real. So that one I like, okay. But I do I do understand what must be really frustrating is perhaps if if someone of color wrote this profile and said, like, I, I didn't bring questions, um, I wasn't ready. The threat of them never getting hired again is very real. Um, and also the fact that women of color are rarely given the opportunity rarely given these opportunities. to write a profile. Exactly. Of this. Like it's a huge, it's a huge privilege yeah. uh, to be able to sit down with Rihanna. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Abby clarified from that one little line in the profile, people really spun out on that. And she clarified that, quote, I was driving to Trader Joe's in sweatpants when I got the call and literally had to flip a bitch. I researched my subjects to death, especially Rihanna. I appreciate the anger behind the reaction, but this is a misunderstanding for which I take full responsibility. I had literally no notice. The point was to convey how nerve-wracking this was, given my deep bordering on psychotic reverence for Rihanna. If you had accused me of eating too much Mexican food, I would take that personally because it's true. But you can't accuse me of not doing research. Ask anyone I've ever worked with, ever. And then Rihanna came along and said, Truly like, yeah, down. R- when Rihanna herself is asked about it, she responds, wait, wait, what? 
no, 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 no. That's gangster. <laughs> for you to get the call the day before being like, hey, Rihanna's in LA, you want to do this and show up on a dime and write an incredible article that I'm really proud of and enjoyed reading. She's badass for that. If you don't have to prepare a girl, you're a gangster, which I mean, I feel like she really squashed it all there. Oh, it's she like, just loved the piece. Totally enjoyed reading it. I think she's badass for doing that, which is honestly very sweet. So I feel like myth debunked. I don't think that the, the list of questions was the make or break thing. And it really doesn't seem like Abby came to this profile and was like, I have no idea who this woman is, but I hear I'm meeting up with a Rihanna. <laughs> it's so rare that a celebrity either comments on a profile that's come out about them or admits to even reading it. Like a lot of people... I know for a fact, do not read their press. So for her to say, I enjoyed reading it is a huge compliment. I can only imagine. At most, you can usually expect like a publicist to reach out to you and say, hey, we loved it. Thank you so much. Yes. And even then, it's That's very, big. yeah, it's big. You assume that the talent hasn't ever read it. So huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really worked out in her favor but at the same time we're still talking about this like we're still having the conversation of was she or wasn't she prepared yeah it would be hard to know that your head is hung on that a little bit i know and i think in large part it's because rihanna's so beloved for sure it's like that protective yes yes from one to pulitzer what do you give this it was really beautifully written it came full circle really nicely with the weather. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. She talks about it being like a muggy day in Los Angeles and then Rihanna heads out into the muggy night. I always love that. Yeah, it's, me too. It's, it's a little nod. Yeah. Bow tie. Yeah, a little bow tie. Um, I think it was fine. I think like a like a six or seven. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm there. I thought it was beautifully written too. And it did feel like we got a taste. I loved the Mary J. Blige quote. Yeah, there was we a got lot of- some tastes. Yeah, there was a lot of reporting. I yeah. think it was well reported. Yeah. Um, super juicy, I don't know, but well well reported. But a few missed opportunities in there as well, I think quote-wise and subject matter-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say like a six and a half. Yeah, I think honestly I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really want to do this other profile. I know, I know. Waiting for Rihanna. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll we'll have to. We love a right around. Oh, and the fact that she cites it in this is, yeah. and it's applicable here as well. I mean, oh. Oh, wow. I'll take my Fenty bralette and oh, my Fenty skin. I know. <laughs> it's my good true stuff. my true foundation. I can't remember the name of the foundation, but I literally true had filter. it for years. But no, I mean, one of the most iconic celebrities on earth, and we're so lucky to have her. We are. I feel that way. I do. I I still feel that ASAP Rocky isn't good enough for her, and I can't let that go. But then, who would who be? would be? Yeah, who I, would be? I I don't know. I honestly who can't think of a soul. Who would be? Wait. Honestly, like, like I feel like she needs to be with like a himbo, like a Chris Evans. Like I kind really? of love that. Okay. My initial thought was someone older. Someone older oh. than her. Like a like a, a aging A-lister. Like a Brad Pitt? Yeah, like a Brad Pitt. Mm. Someone that could give her everything but she also has no i think they can't be aging because she's so modern like it has to be someone kind of more current like in the 30s 40s also imagine how brad's style would change if he was oh my god can you only imagine him in like a little cropped neon green jacket 
even though we are so happy for her, so and her happy little for family. Her. So happy for her little family. <laughs> Gracing TikTok and so excited for her Super Bowl show. I know. Everyone tune in. I, honestly, we will be forever changed. Like I have no question. Yeah. For someone that expresses her ideas clearly and intelligently and is very relaxed in acting out her ideas as per her Bayesian teacher, <laughs> I have full confidence in her ability to deliver. Oh yeah, it's going to be showstopper. See you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.